Welcome to Business Done Differently, the podcast about challenging the status quo, creating fans first, and changing the game in business. I'm your host, Jesse Cole, and it's showtime. Today's guest is Mary Miller, the CEO and owner of Jancoa, the feature company in the book Dream Manager. She's won Lifetime Achievement Awards, Woman of the Year Awards, Woman of Achievement Awards, you name it. And she wrote the book Changing Direction. Today, she shares how to create a culture of caring and help your employees achieve their dreams. We dive in on how to hire differently, how to ask different questions, how to dramatically lower turnover and attract amazing people. I always say love your customers more than you love your product and love your people, your employees, even more than you love your customers. Today, Mary shares the blueprint on how to do it. Mary, welcome to Business Done Differently. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me on your show today, Jesse. I appreciate that. I'm fired up, Mary, because I'll tell you, the first time I read Dream Manager, I went to my wife and I said, this, this right here. And then I went like, wait, this is a real company? This is a real company? <laughs> it's fascinating to me. And now as we'll get into later, like we're doing it. We're doing it with our baseball team. We have our finance director running dream sessions with our team. It's just nice. made a big impact. But I want to give, for the people that don't know you, and know your story. We got to go back to the origin a little bit, at least give a little context for everybody. Well, one of my favorite conversations was I had the opportunity at an industry conference to meet Tom Peters. He's the guru of greatness and making things better. And I got to talk to him a little bit before his keynote, because he's been a big fan of Dream Manager, and he's done some videos about it. And he says, you've got to tell me, how did you come up with this concept? And I said, well, you know, necessity is the mother of all invention. He's like, yeah. And I said, well, we were in desperation mode. He said, I love it. You know, he's very animated. That's the way life works. When we're in enough pain, then we're willing to do something different. And that was really the birthing point. Every birth is painful. It was for us as well. I would love to tell everybody that I just woke up one morning with this great dream and opportunity that we needed to do things differently. But it started by getting fired by a consultant. I hired him. I talked Tony into it. My husband, Tony, had started our business when he was 19. And we got married in 91. And we start, I quit my job sales in 93. And we decided to put all our energy together. And by 95, we realized we owned a job that owned us. <laughs> Been there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a 24-7 business. And we were living literally payroll to payroll, just bringing in enough money to cover payroll and taxes and some of the expenses. And like, we got to do something different. So I found consultant in our industry that specializes in efficiencies and profitability and to help businesses really excel. So I thought he was the answer to my dreams. (laughs) (laughs) And on the second day of a five-day contract, he came in and he fired us. He said, I can't help you. You got to fix your people problem before you can do any systems or processes or efficiencies. I was crushed. Yeah. But failure was not an option. (laughs) It was not an option. So we had to do things differently. And we started asking different questions, Jesse, was the very first step we did. So I want to get into that. What was your people problem? Like you're in 1993. All right, give us exactly where you are, the status of your company. Okay, it's painful, but I will. (laughs) Hey, I was on an airbed five years ago. I talk about that. That wasn't that most pleasant either. Oh, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. So when I joined Tony in 93, he had 65 part-time employees. And we found out, I realized very quickly that part-time people come to work part of the time, mentally as well as physically. (laughs) I mean, there's other things. It's just a side. It's not an intentional thing. So we start making some changes. We switch to full-time people. We start offering health insurance. We start doing background checks after one employee that had been with us for three days opened the drawer of a desk in a building, took 75 cents of change, and we lost a quarter of a million dollar contract. So we're like, okay, we got to fix this filter. Who are we hiring? (laughs) Who are we bringing in and putting out in our customers' buildings? So we start doing background checks and drug tests. So we really were doing things that were much more intentional. And we had started going to strategic coach 
program for entrepreneurs with Dan Sullivan in Toronto early when we first got together. So we've been going every quarter to these workshops to pause, reflect over the past 90 days and plan for the next 90 days, as well as learn new and different ways of thinking about doing business. So that helped us. The strategic coach set tracks down for our train to go in a different direction. And so by 93, we had the 65, within a couple of years with its changes, we had grown to maybe a little over 100 employees. But every night we were 38 full-time people short. We were hiring 50 people a month, a month. And we were still, and spending money for the drug test and background check and training. And we still never had enough people. The reason Bob, the consultant, fired us is that first night, him and Tony spent all night vacuuming. (laughs) They didn't get to talk about a plan at all because we didn't have enough people to do the work that needed to be done. Wow. And so it was at a point there where your challenge was you couldn't find the right people. Are the right people? We couldn't find enough people of any kind. (laughs) You couldn't find enough people. So it was basically just you were just treading. You were on a, on a treadmill and on a hamster wheel going over and Absolutely. over. The company was a little profitable. A little profitable. No, I actually told Tony we should just register as a nonprofit, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. We lived payroll to payroll. We had a blended family of five kids, and we both were on a third marriage. Wow. So, <laughs> and, but next year we're in 2021 we're celebrating our 30th anniversary wow, so this right. one took hey, third time's a charm yes but you said before i mean no one wakes up and wants to be a janitor was that an aha moment for you where you like okay we need to change what we're doing because obviously we're trying to find new people every single day because they can't they won't stay on board with us well this is when bob told us we had to fix our people problem i was really clear our people weren't the problem. It was the fact that we did not have enough people that were there. So we had to really look at things differently. We had, we had to get through the rest of that week because that was Tuesday morning. He fired us. So we had to finish the rest of that week. We didn't have much work on weekends at that point. So we bought every book we can find. There used to be a lot of bookstores in Cincinnati. <laughs> and we went to all of them and found every book we could find on how to find people, how to keep people, how to train people, anything we could find about HR and, and, and hiring. And what we realized as we were skimming through these books and looking for things is let's take a look at our top 10 employees, the clonable ones, the one we wanted to have 100 more just like them. Every company has that. And if you don't have that many employees yet, you have an idea of what your dream employee looks like. So you use that as your template. And then you make a list. We made a list of the things that all these people had in common, mm. their dangers and opportunities and these things. And what we discovered, the number one problem that they all had in common was transportation issues. Transportation is still an issue in our community. That's why the mayor put me on the board for our transit authority. He said, you survived the brain damage of trying to figure out how to do this yourself. Monday morning, we bought a van, a 15-passenger van, and had it painted, employee shuttle. And we didn't have any enough employees to clean. So Tony said he had the least amount of work to do. So he became our first shuttle driver. (laughs) (laughs) Within two days, Jesse, he was invisible. People didn't look at him as if he would, oh, look, the owner of the company's driving us to work. It was just the means to the end. It was somebody that helped. So in the process, Tony saw where they lived. He heard them talking about their obstacles. And he would come home and honest to God, he would wake me up because he's got this horrible rule of I can't sleep, you can't sleep. <laughs> Not a good rule. <laughs> you made it 30 years though. Congrats. We have. Thank you. And we talked about what he saw and what he heard. And honestly, our hearts were broken. We had spent all the years, Tony had been in business at that point, 20 years. And he did everything he could to make sure the customers were taken care of. The customers never knew we had an employee issue because we would be out cleaning if we needed to. And trust me, when I was out cleaning, the team members knew we were in trouble. <laughs> that's not a strength. <laughs> I'm great at talking, cleaning, no, not so much. <laughs> so Mary, you did something which I think is so brilliant. You started with the biggest pain points 
for your employees, where most companies, which we say eliminate friction for your customers, we start there. But it's not until you get there to the employees that you can get better at doing it for your customers. But we didn't do that until we're driving them and, and all of a sudden we saw the humanity. Mm. That's when our hearts broke. That's when something snapped inside of us. And what we realized is that we took such good care of our customers, but our employees, today we call them team members, our employees we saw just as another piece of the list we needed to clean a building. You need a mop, you need a bucket, you need the dust cloths, the microfibers, the chemicals, you needed people. Oh, wait a minute, we don't have the people. <laughs> Where do we buy those? <laughs> so you saw them more as a product and an expense, not an investment and an asset. Like so many companies do. They're a line item. They're a liability. And Peter Drucker hit the nail on the head. No, people are the biggest asset. It doesn't matter what kind of industry you have. You have to have the right people mm. and the right seats on the bus, as Jim Collins yeah. says. But you have to, like, my, the number one question that we changed that I kept telling, Tony kept saying, let's hire more people. I said, no, let's time out. Time out. What would we have to do to be the company of 104 cleaning companies in Cincinnati? Why would they want to work for us? What are we doing to help them, to create value for them? How can we eliminate some of their obstacles? How can we help them capture opportunities to improve their quality of life? And asking these different questions and, and our heart change, because once your heart changes, you can't keep doing businesses the way you always have. You have to change something. So I love that. So let's start. So you started asking better questions. How do you provide more value? How do you make different questions? All questions are good. Okay. The answers may be stupid. But all questions are good. I like this. Well, your business done differently. The more we say different, the more we win here. So you start asking those different questions. And where does someone start? So you start asking those questions. So first, you had to look at the pain points. You had to say, all right, we're driving with them. We're seeing, wow, they're living in a tough spot. They don't have transportation. Maybe they're not speaking English. There were other a lot of challenges you had, right? They didn't have cars, all that. So you see all that. And then the next step is, all right, we're listening. Now we got to start talking and asking questions. Yes. And that's the biggest thing. And I always say that there's five key principles to being a dream manager and having a dream manager program, which has really evolved from not just a program of dreams, but a culture of caring, which is so much more important than just the dreams. Because when people feel that they're cared for, appreciated and recognized, they're willing to do anything for you. And that makes a huge difference. And then other people want to be part of that environment. Mm. So it attracts different people to you than what you had before. When we started transporting people, all of a sudden people were telling other people, friends, and we really built up this great referral program for our team members where they get a check as well as the new team member gets a check after a time frame. And within the first three years, our turnover reduced in half. By five years, Actually, today, our turnover in our industry is still an average of four to five hundred percent annual. So, what, 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 what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Explain, I need to know those numbers. Explain what that means. What it means five hundred percent. If you have three hundred employees, you go. You probably print out fifteen hundred W twos. Oh, Mary, that's ridiculous. All right, so I, <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought it was. I just wanted to do the math. I was like. That cost, you can't even calculate that. Drug tests, background checks, training, efficiencies. Oh my gosh. And that's the biggest compliment we get from our customers. And they tell other customers, other property managers and that, is they see the same people in their building regularly. Mm. And other companies don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> we actually had a competitor that was competing with us on, for a building. And their talking point, was, and we had this great turnover, so you never have to worry about having to pay them more an hour. <laughs> wow. You know what's fascinating, Mary? I'm thinking about this. Obviously, from a janitor to the cleaning business, a lot of it's happening maybe at night. You're doing a lot of office buildings, and there's maybe not as close relationships. But think about all the other businesses that are actually having one-on-one -on -one conversations on a daily basis. If you had 1,500 versus 300 or 500%, good, I mean, it might even be higher, the cost. Jesse, it gets better because we do a lot of multi-tenant buildings yeah. as well as corporate offices. 
And all of those buildings have top executives that work long hours. Yes. They're out doing their stuff during the day yes. and they're back in the office trying to get the office work done at night. The regional president for PNC Bank has told me she practiced her, her Spanish with our employees because <laughs> she sees them and they, they have this conversation going where they're helping her with her Spanish. Uh, I love so it. yeah, the people, they are seen and they're our ambassadors. You're now at 100% around? We, our turnover in 2019 was 100%. I don't think I can even count what 2020 is because it's just an anomaly. Yes. Nothing makes sense for 2020. But 2019, we were at 100% turnover, which was still high. But for our industry, it's not. It's five times better than the industry, which is a best in practice. So I guess there's so many there. You talk about referral program, retention program, asking the right questions. I guess I want to start. So what happened? So you started doing this. You got better. Obviously, a turnover went down dramatically. Give us a story or two that really would resonate to say, hey, we need to do this in our office. Oh, people's stories. There's a video that Compassion International did back in 2004, 2005, but it's still on YouTube. If you just Google on YouTube, search for Jancoa, J-A-N-C-O-A. And this video comes up in Sue and Curtis, who still work for us today, both have eighth grade education. And when we started doing home buying programs back in the early 2000s, there was a lot of first-time homeowner programs. And we helped 20 families that were first-generation homeowners to help them buy homes. And they went to Sue and Curtis's home and interviewed them. And Sue was like, we never thought we were the kind of people that could buy a home. That we were just in this habit of moving every six to nine months and just running from one place to the next. You know, they bought that home, I think it was in 2003. They're still in that home. They haven't moved since they bought that home. It changed the family tree. It changed where Curtis's daughter became a teacher. It's things become possible. Our confidence, regardless if you're a janitor or a PhD CEO, your confidence grows through your achievements. Yeah. And when you accomplish anything in life, if you take time to celebrate it, it builds up the energy to take on the next commitment and the next hard obstacle that comes your way. I love it. So, And there's so many of those stories. I mean, I know I've seen some of the videos. It's fascinating. And I guess I want to know, where do you start? So we see Hey, you start asking the right questions, asking about their dreams. I know you have a dream board, which is just amazing. Let's dive into this, this starting point for a company right now. Well, there's the number one thing is you have to start at the top. I've had people call me and say, hey, my boss gave me this book and told me to reach out to you because he wants us to start this program. And I said, well, is he going to be part of the program? And she laughed. She said, no, this is something I'm supposed to do for the employees. I said, okay, this isn't a plug and play. This is, you have to care. You can't pretend to care. It's just like a dog can tell when you're afraid of them, right? That energy. People can tell if you're just faking it or not. You have to really care. And then when you ask them what they want, what is something if it was a year from now, don't stay with today. That's too short term. We had one person during orientation when we asked, so what is it you want? What would make you happy? The top answer is always win the lottery. <laughs> it just is. Yeah. So that's the tip of the iceberg. Yes. So you keep asking the question. So if you had more options, what would you want? And this one guy, he could have been a professional football player, big guy. And he just melted in his chair. And he looked at our trainer at the time and he said, I want to learn how to read. I want to be able to read a nighttime story to my three-year-old daughter. You can't make this stuff up. Rolando came to Cincinnati from Guatemala for a better quality of life. And he had two young daughters at the time. And Rolando has been with us 17 years now. And both of his daughters have graduated from college and are in nurses at UC Health in Cincinnati. And people want to do better. They don't know how. Do you know that story Stephen Covey wrote in The Seven Habits about Grandma's Ham? No. Oh, it's a great short story. All right, I'm ready. So, for so young couple, first holiday, they're going to bake a ham and have the family over, and they're excited. And the wife 
is preparing the ham with the spices and everything and gets out a big knife and starts to cut the butt of the ham off, which has got a lot of meat on it. And the husband's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? She says, well, I'm cutting off the butt of the ham. And he said, why? That just seems wasteful. Well, that's the way my mom taught me. Let's call mom and find out why. So they asked mom, why are we cutting off the butt of the ham? And mom says, well, that's the way my mother taught me. I never asked. So they call grandma and they ask grandma, why do we cut off the butt of the ham? And she says, honey, I don't know why you do, but it didn't fit in my oven the other way. And that's the way all humanity is. We get into the cycle of habits and patterns and our children and our team members, the people in our lives watch us. They're paying attention subconsciously, unconsciously, whatever word you want to use, and they'll repeat it because they see it. So it's got to be the right way to do it. So you have to pause. You have to pause. You have to reflect. Look at the questions. If you're not getting the results that you want, ask different questions. Mm. Our question was, how do we attract people? How do we help them overcome their dangers? So we help them buy homes. We help them with financial literacy. We help them learn English. We help them get driver's license. We had a young man from Nigeria come to the office and asked if we would take his picture. They wanted a picture of me with him holding his driver's license that he could send home to show that he got his driver's license uh-huh. and that we helped make that happen. <laughs> That's amazing. So yeah, things when the, the ripple effect, you know, life is a boomerang. The energy that you put out to help others helps them. They want to help others, but it'll boomerang back in ways that you can't anticipate. Okay. The rewards are coming back, but you have to start by putting value out there. And you can't do it just for the rewards. You have to do it because it's the right thing to do. That it, that's what your culture is. That's what your value system is. I love it. So it starts at the top. So you got to have your CEO, your president, your owner. All Absolutely. Saying, yes, let's do this. And let's it, do this. As we read The Dream Manager and we shared with our team, you know, I shared it with our finance director, our fans first director, everyone. They all loved it. They all were doing book reports on it. They were all excited. And then our finance director comes and like, I really want to do this. And that's part nice. of our model is that we want empowerment. So I didn't want right. to just say, go do this. I shared it with them to present it to them. And now he's owning it and doing That's it, it, which is important. And I think it's so important too on the questions that you asked. I've heard you say, you know, in a year from now, but also what would have to happen for you to be happy in three years? Because also, you know, sometimes we think things can happen either too long, too short, but a few different ranges. Three years is a really good range and then reverse engineer to get to that point. And then if someone says, you know, I want to win the lottery, then ask the question, we love the five whys or the three whys, however many whys, why? Well, then I can do this. Well, why? Then I can do this. And then finally get to, you know what? That's attainable right now. Forget the lottery. Forget really where you really want to go. I love this. So many things for a dream board. Tell me what that's like and what that looks like. You know, dream boards are different for everybody. I have my personal dream board that I went through magazines one night. I couldn't sleep and I still have it. It's got pictures of stuff and words that really jumped out at me. My daughter helped, she worked with us and helped us create the dream manager. And she said, mom, we can't ask our team members to do this if you don't do it. So you have to do a dream board. So I did one and I love it. It's so powerful. But then at the office, we created a dream board with people that work for us writing out their dreams. At any event we would have, our annual celebration of work event, our back to school bash for the kids to get them excited about education, we would have these cards out, what's your dream? And the people would write them out. So we would put these cards all over the wall of all the different people's dreams of what they're doing. Some companies have had their employees put a picture on the card. So they can visualize what that is. Bucketlist.org took it to a whole different level. They were so inspired. They created a technology that if you go to Bucket List Rewards and Recognition, I just did a podcast with them the other day. And Jason and Bart just have this amazing program that whether you have 50, 10 employees, 50 or 5,000, if you're in that bucketlist.org, they can tell you, you know, 40% of your employees are really interested in learning better about how to budget their money for next year, then you know you're doing something that your team members really want to do because sometimes they will respond and do this thinking on the thing that you can respond to. But if you ask them directly face-to-face, they won't always tell you. Mm. So I think Bucket List has really created a great value for companies through that. I love this. As I shared offline about Disney, how we surprised our whole team with the trip to Disney. Uh, Disney's been 
I've read every single book there is in Walt Disney, even the ones that are 500 pages. I've read it all. And obviously, it's been a big impact. But in every speech I finish with all of our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them, which is a famous Walt Disney quote. And I'm I've got that in my office. Yes. So I'm literally picturing right now. So if our dream manager or Matt Matthew or Matt who wants to be a part of this, he meets with everyone, finds out what the dreams are, and then actually puts them on. Because I saw a video of your offices where you have... Yep. Little, it says their name and what their dream have is. Have them write it out. Have them they, write it out. That <laughs> way they own it. It's theirs. It's yes. not somebody writing it for them. That is one of the biggest obstacles, Jesse, to the program is so many people love it, get excited, and they want to do for people. But their confidence and esteem grows from doing for themselves. Our role as the leaders is to create an environment to allow it to take place, to encourage it, to help them do it. We don't make the dreams come true, but we will connect them to programs and agencies that have programs. So they're doing the work and we're bringing the encouragement and the inspiration to keep going after it. So good. You mentioned earlier, you created a, a caring culture and use the word care. We actually, in our fans first playbook, we have the acronym care and it's nice. Yeah. It's communication, accountability, recognition. And then the last one, empowerment. And empowerment wow. is a really important one because, again, they need to feel it. They need to own it. They need to be a part of it. That is so funny. Funny because ours is Chow. <laughs> and our son-in-law is our COO. My daughter's husband's our COO. And Chow is C3 AIO, right? So it's commitment, yes. communication, consistency, accountability, integrity, and opportunity. Love it. Love it. So it's very similar. Well, it's so key for those things because it helps people remember. I mean, there's a reason why our fans first core beliefs is the fans first way. And it goes by the alphabet. Always be caring, different, enthusiastic, fun, growing, and hungry. Our ABGs, nice. you know, just goes right by the alphabet. And so I love that. that people can remember it. So I love this dream board. So let's say, so start meeting. How often with your company, do you guys meet? I mean, you have 500, you've got about 600 employees. How often? That's it why it's evolved because yeah. our people are in over 200 buildings spread around the city. Yes. So we get them all together once a year. Okay. <laughs> and that's when we have our celebration each year of work. But our area managers, the culture of caring really where we decided as we grew that one manager could not have all these conversations. Yes. That we had to have it where it was thread through everything in the culture and the conversation. So an example, the newsletters that come out once a month has updates, news, training tips, and an employee of the month. The area managers are tasked to go to the buildings and sit with the team, the supervisor and the team, and they read through it in English and Spanish, because we have so many Hispanic employees. And they ask questions or do these different things. And typically, several times a year, we'll bring a treat of some sort with the newsletter as kind of a fun thing to be able to do. So we have those conversations. If team members through this have specific dreams, then they say, hey, this is what I want to do. Do you know what I can do to help doing, to help make that happen? And then Every year on January 13th is the National Dream Comes True Day. Mm. I'm not sure who started it, but it's a real thing, January 13th. And we give two scholarships of $500 to go toward somebody going after their dreams. Cool. Love it. And we had last year we had, I think it was 213 dreams that were submitted that people were wanting the money to go toward. And it, it gets hard. It gets it. hard. To, yeah. So is it like, so for instance, we have about 15 full-time staff. So we have one person can get, but once it starts getting past 10, 15, you probably have a few and, and meeting on a regular basis. It doesn't exactly. need to be every week, but it could be every month. It could be quarterly. At the start, at the start, we did monthly workshops on Saturdays. Monthly. Okay. And I really love group sessions. Okay. That's, you know, it's like with the coaching I've done for 20 years with strategic coach. When you have a group of people together, having unique and different conversations, one idea will inspire somebody else and say, I never thought of it that way. What I could do is this. And work together. And, and that's it's group genius. It's yeah. so powerful. But then one individual might have something that's sensitive that they don't necessarily want or don't feel comfortable right away sharing. Then they'll schedule an appointment one-on-one. -on -one. But I think, and we've done this a, a very 
neutral cost entry level for some of the nonprofits in Cincinnati as a leadership project that they had a lunch and learn the first Wednesday of each month. Whoever wanted to come to have the lunch would bring their lunch and they would talk about the different dream categories, what's working, what's not working, what, where are you stuck? And you just create these conversations and that just creates, and they would actually trade on who was leading the conversation each month. So it's being driven from within and not the leadership saying, okay, everybody come around, tell me what you want to do. Because that creates a little bit of angst for yeah. the team members as well as for the leaders. Because the leaders always want to help. Yeah. But the team members want you to see them through a very specific lens. They want you to see the good in them, not the need, not with the lack. Yeah. And how do you get not into a judgmental environment? And I think that's where it can be. That's a challenge. You know, it's uh, you mentioned bucket lists. So we have everyone put their bucket list trip, their bucket. We have we have surveys of everybody, all, all of our staff. We actually developed a position called the fans first director. Um, that's been with us since the beginning, uh, started as a 22 year old. And the first three months that she took on that new position, she went so far above and beyond that we turned my wife and I in our presence be like, well, it's been three months. She's killed it. I think we should give her a bucket list trip. And her bucket list trip was to go to Ireland. And so nice. when we presented it to her in front of our celebration dinner, I'll never forget. Emily writes a poem. Whenever we celebrate, my wife can write poems and rhyme things. It's like, oh, what a beautiful gift. It's very funny. So it's also like, it could be like a roast too. It kind of, we joke, we have fun, yeah. everyone laughing. And at the end, she opened up the bag. We had two uh, books of Ireland and a, a six pack of Guinness beer. And we said, you're going oh. to Ireland. And so she started crying her eyes out and she decided to take her dad. And her dad, you know, at one point wasn't too sure about taking on this job with a team that was failing, that was struggling. Who are these guys? Right. And she took her dad for a week. And I'm like, you know, wow, nice. that's not necessarily a dream, but it's a memory that you'll never forget. And I think this dream is taking it to a whole nother level. And I think one area I think a lot of entrepreneurs are probably listening right now. They're saying, well, how much time? What's the budget look like? How do we do this? And I'll share a little bit what we've started to do as far as a budget. And then I want to hear what you've done to this. Okay. We put 1% of our top line revenue goes solely towards our people. 1%. So if you're a 5 million company, 50,000. If you're a 10 million company, 100,000. 1%. And it goes only to surprise delights, really wowing our people. We have it. That's like positioned towards dreams, whether that's taking classes, whether that's doing other things, but it can go in this. So like surprising Disney, getting everyone brand new computers, taking everyone shopping, as I mentioned before uh, Christmas and you know, spending $8,000 there, that was well worth it. That's how we do our budget for that. Have you done the budget? And how would you suggest to make sure that this is really invested in? That's a really good question because entrepreneurs can get so, fall so much in love with our ideas mm -hmm. that we can run out of money quick. At Strategic Coach, I see a lot of people that don't come back because they get such great ideas. They don't know how to tether themselves yes. to keep themselves safe. And our industry has very small margins. We put a lot of our money into, because of the low income rate and the type of employees we have, we put a lot of the money into the, the benefits they have in their salaries mm. so that they're getting that money. So what we really did, somebody asked recently, actually it was in Toronto at a strategic coach workshop. They asked Tony, how much does the, did the dream manager cost us when we started it? And Tony says, you know, I spent a lot of time looking at the numbers and getting my accounting people to look at the numbers and retabulate to see if I was losing my mind. And we figured it probably cost us 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> and he's dead serious because the amount of reduction of the turnover, yes. with the background checks, drug testing, we never advertise for jobs anymore for people to hire. We partner with social service agencies who bring us people. We, you know, our efficiencies. At one point, we were cleaning almost twice the square footage per hour. Wow. Because when you have the same people doing the same thing, it's just like your baseball team. Yeah. When you have a great player and they practice all the time, they get better and better and it just comes natural. Yeah. It's the same with cleaning. It's a dance. And so it's really not cost us the money, but then our program, we haven't spent the money to do the, the trips and stuff like you have. That's what I love the creativity. We did, we started out of desperation and the amount of people like you, Jesse, that I hear from and I hear these stories, it's so creative what people are doing and how they're doing it. 
I had this vision and I told Matthew several years back, I would love to do a big dream manager conference and have everybody come together to learn from each other of what's worked and what hasn't. Yeah. 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 I'm in for that. Just count me in. All right. Here's my investment. Okay. 50 cents. You said the cost was right. 50 50 cents. cents. (laughs) I'm in. I love it. So yeah, the budget, obviously, that's it's different ways of looking at it, looking at it versus a cost versus investment. Yes, we have more to the surprises and delights, but actually, it's just mostly time. It's time, yeah. listening, it's being there, it's putting that's that in. That's the biggest part, that yeah. you really care. Yeah. You know, there's that old saying, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And that's the part. Whenever we have, when we take over buildings, we always give the employees from the previous cleaning company opportunity to work for us. They apply for us and that. Several make it through the hoops because of the things that we have and the conversations we have first. And almost every time the feedback is, first is, you guys really clean. (laughs) 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 Which is always a surprise to us. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah, I say, you know, I've never felt a closer family Mm. than what I have at Janco. I I feel closer to the Janco family than I did a lot of my own family. Because it's that, that really caring. That's the humanity, we're, homo sapiens are definitely a connected animal. We need that social piece. Mm. We need to be connected. That's why I know offices will get filled back up again. People will come back to work as the vaccines and immune systems right. build up because we need to be with people. 100%. I want to switch gears a little bit and move forward. Okay. You know me, I bounce around. We're entrepreneurs. That's how we, that's how that's we. That's it. That's it. As I'm thinking about this and attracting people, and you were writing, what would attract people? And thinking about, hey, we help them with their dreams. I think about the hiring process and how we've evolved as entrepreneurs. And you know, we have a three-step process. You got to send a uh, video cover letter because number one, we want to see your personality. That's important for us. We're always on stage. Number two, a fans first essay. How do you fit our six fans first core beliefs? And number three is a future resume. And because we're not interested in their past, we're interested in what they want to do in the future. And now it's all coming to me right now. I'm listening. I'm like. Well, it's not just what they want to do in the future. Like, let's get further in their dreams. Like, maybe it's not just the resume, it's their occupation. Maybe in their future resume, it's their life resume. I want to, like, my wife and I just got licensed to foster. And that's, you know. Congrats. Thank you. And we know that's going to change our life. Like, that's part of my wife's biggest dream. And now it's become mine. We're doing this together. So, like, that should be part of this future resume. So, I'm going to challenge her. That's right. Now, hey, let's, how do we put this dream component? into the hiring and one addition we made this past year was we put our five-year vision because we want to know people where do they want to go where we want to go so we have a vision video we have a 10-page really graphic design vision that's been good people wow but i think to you i'm like dreams need to be a part of this we need to talk about dreams we need to say this is what we're doing you know what i get to do every day this is my dream i love this but that's not the case for everyone else how can we help right in your hiring sorry i just went on a whole ramble rant there but in your hiring, where does this dream component come into as far as recruiting and interviewing and onboarding? Well, one of the questions that Oriana does ask them is they start the conversation and we really do try to hire for attitude. Yes. We can teach the skill and trust me, not everybody can clean, myself included. At not that. me at all. Good but- <laughs> yeah. My wife, so my wife really- spoke to me though, so that's good. <laughs> that is good. So it's really about the attitude and having a conversation and feeling it out. But she always asks them about the future and where would they like to be three years from now? It was three years already. And in our orientation, they have a video of Tony and I talking separately and together where we're encouraging them to go after their dreams and how we had started. It was really out of necessity. But as you move on, you go toward and try to build up dreams to make things better. So I love what you're doing. Now, there's a company, an IT company that has been doing the Dream Manager. They are based in South Africa, but they now have several offices, including New York and Denver. And Natsarit is their name. And I was on a panel with them with Blueboards once, and they are so strict on theirs that when they're interviewing, when they ask, what are your dreams for your future? If they don't have dreams and they're just stuck in today, they won't hire them. Mm. because they do not want to hire people that are just there for a paycheck in the task that don't have a bigger mindset of a future. Mm, I love that. And I thought that was fascinating. Not So if you don't have dreams, you're not hired. And I think, yeah, with everything we're doing, if you see our vision, we're not thinking small. We're thinking about the right. big impact that we can have. So how are you going to fit in the company if you can't even think yourself that way? 
Yeah. Some of my team members would never have come to Janco if we were just a cleaning company. Yes. You know, to be able well, to what do business that. are you in? We're in the people business. Right. We're in the people development and helping them dream big. And that's when we switched that focus, it changed our heart. And our second generation, we did not realize we were training them for so many years. <laughs> we outgrew our office and moved to, to a skyrise downtown Cincinnati. And the biggest room in the, in the office space is what we call the family room mm. that has enough room that we can get 40 to 50 people in there to have a monthly celebration dinner, which I can't wait till we can get back to. Yes. But right now we can't do it with COVID. That's amazing. All right. I want to do some rapid fire and a few things. So we have, Mary, right now we have seven hours left in the interview. Just letting you know, we have seven hours. <laughs> I have so many questions. I will try to narrow that down to about 10 or 15. All right. I want to think about our sports world. You have obviously, you've had part-time, but now, correct me wrong, are you like 90, 95% full-time? Yeah, we're probably, right now we've got the most full-time people ever because of COVID and the reduced needs. But for the most part, pre-COVID, we were at 98% full-time employees right. because we want to, people can budget when they know how much money they're going to have. Mm. And most of our competitors don't have full-time and don't have benefits of any sort. So we've offered health insurance since the mid-90s. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. And having vacation time and time off, that's important. All right, good. Another tangent. There you go. Talking about pain points, and you have to experience it yourself. When I was, when I, my first team that I was with, we had PTO, and it was just 20 days, and everyone paid attention to it, it was too much, and it just didn't work. It was uncomfortable. People would try to max out at lunch times. We got rid of all that. We said, whenever you want to take off, take time off, unlimited, and just you know, be an adult about it. We didn't put any rules, and that was a big deal. And then we've had our health insurance, which has been great, great coverage. But I realized the other day, my wife, myself, and uh, my two year old went to the dentist, and we got a bill for $600. And I was like, this is a pain point. I go, she reached out to our president. She said, whatever it costs, dental insurance for the rest of our team, because we had to experience it first. And I think, right. you know, do you experience or do you get extra benefits as a CEO or owner? No, like my pay is right where everyone else is. Like the same thing, put yourself in their shoes. So, you know, this hurt, this dental bill hurt. And so I think that's why how Tony and I were the creators of the dream manager yeah. program to start with for our team members. A lot of people, dreams have been around forever. We didn't create the word dream, yeah. but we created, we took something that existed and packaged it in a different way to help employees, to be able to help companies into working together. The year I turned 30, Jesse, my life turned inside out. It yeah. just imploded. I started with bankruptcy, my second divorce, unemployment, and an eviction notice on Christmas Eve. I, all of a sudden, I was a single mom with no job with three kids yeah. and no support coming in. So I had to do things differently. So when Tony and I saw that humanity, and Tony was 19 when his dad died, he left school and started Jankoa to support his mom and three siblings. So we both had been where it felt like the lowest of lows. Wow. It was really tough. So when we start seeing what our team members had in common with us in our past, we were in survival mode as newlyweds, working together, trying to support a blended family of five kids that were young at the time. Yeah. And then we start seeing their pain points and it brought us back to ours. Yes. We really do have more in common with people than what we give ourselves credit for willing to acknowledge. 100%. And when we help others, we are helped in such a bigger way. I love it. That went into a good tangent. So back to where I kind of was. I'm going to go back for a second. And sometimes the greatest accomplishments, the greatest achievements, the greatest purpose come from those challenges and adversities. And whenever we get it, like when this happened for COVID this past year and every live team was shutting down, me and my, I got excited. I go, what's going to happen because of this, this short-term pain? Yeah. But so you have all full-time employees now, full-time team members. And we, yeah, we use the term teammates as well. Um, right. If you owned a baseball team, all right, so let's get you in that context, with a ton of part-time staff, we're talking 150 part-time staff. That's not part-time staff annually. It's part-time staff for 30 games, season. for 40 yeah. games for a season. How would you incorporate this dream manager role and getting them to think about their dreams in such a part-time position? I think the best, I could come up with an answer because that's what I do. But <laughs> I think the best people to ask that question to, how many years have you had the team now? Well, we've been in the industry 15 years, but we've had the bananas going into our sixth season. Six season, go back to your past team members. Yeah. 
what could you have done different to make it better for them, to make them want to stay, to make them want to tell other people to come work for you? What so not, even, not even the dreams at first, more just on a better experience. No, totally better no experience. you always look for the dangers that need to be eliminated and the opportunities that can be captured. Okay. And that's the foundation for the dreams. When we started this program, we had a really catchy name for it. You ready? It was the Incredible Employee Retention Program. <laughs> and I did some presentations for chambers and stuff. And a friend of ours from Atlanta was like, you know, what you guys are doing is really helping these people achieve their dreams. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Okay. We just caught us. And that's, it started out as the dream engineer. Yes. And then developed into the dream manager when Matthew came along, introduced by a friend and approached us on what we could we work out with him, a licensing program for him to write the book and create Floyd. Love it. And so he's helping companies all over the place and yes. people achieve their dreams. That's his number one focus with Floyd. So powerful. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And I've, I've connected with him too. It's unbelievable. All right. We're going to finish a little uh, rapid fire here. Question time. If you want better answers in business, you got to ask better questions. We've already mentioned some of the questions. What are some of the questions you're asking these days? The one thing that hasn't changed is we still are looking for good people. So where are we missing the people that are waiting to know about us, that want to work for a company that cares about them, that will help them improve their life? So where can we find the people that are needing a company like ours to help them? And one thing you do is you have a very strong retention and referral program, correct? Correct. Can you briefly uh, share that, what that looks like? It is over 90 days. The referral person gets a check after 60 days and then another check at 90 days and the new hire gets a check after 90 days. They're $100 each. Okay, which is a big deal to, to an extent. It yeah. is. Wow. It is a big deal. I love that. We could do that with and all... The one thing that I did not mention that I think is really important that pre-COVID, the five years pre-COVID, our business doubled with no sales team. Total referrals. We were up to, we were going to be doing 22 million this year. Wow. Yeah, we were up to 650 employees. And what was the biggest reason for your growth from a practical standpoint? The growth of getting the right customers, not trying to clean. There's a lot of dirty buildings. Yeah. <laughs> we don't try to clean them all. We know our niche. We fix our niche. We do large office buildings, yes. class A office buildings and medical office buildings. And we want people to work for us that are willing to do the work and be accountable and take pride in the work that they do. So you were very clear on who your target was and then the right yes. people to do it. And then I'm guessing the business grew without salespeople because also the people you were- Referrals. The referrals. So referrals from the customers, not just your- Correct. Okay. Our team members refer team members and our customers refer customers. And we're very involved in our industry associations. Love so it. they hear about us. I love it. And again, people want to work with people that have purpose in what they're doing and that are doing the right thing. And you guys are doing that. And that's why I think, well, Mary, the fact that you're sharing like crazy, I've seen some of the speeches, I've seen some of the podcasts. I mean, by you doing that, that is so good because it's making an impact. And people say, I shouldn't be out there. Like they look at me in this yellow tuxedo, like you're just flaunting. I'm like, no, because I know it's making an impact. The more I talk, the more it'll actually impact people. Absolutely. And that's the crazy thing is to what, one of the things that I realized and I didn't have time for it right away, but probably about a decade ago, I really dove in community work. Mm. As I built the team to do the things that I used to do when I sat behind a desk, I got out from behind the desk and I start networking like crazy, going to all kinds of business events, getting involved in programs that would benefit our team members, like the YWCA programs, United Way programs, the Transit Authority programs, the Chamber of Commerces, I got involved in a lot of different things. So that created a new energy source of people wanting to know more. I love it. But you know, it's the who, not how by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Hardy. Yeah. You got to have the right who's in your life. And it's just not the who's or vendors that are doing work for you, but who are your connectors? Who are your multipliers that will help you to be able to do it? I was at an award event that I was a finalist for along with this other CEO with a large office building and we're talking and he says do you clean our office and I said not yet he said have you ever called on us and I said this is going to sound a little egotistical I think but we don't cold call he said what do you mean you don't cold call I said we only talk to people that call us 
that get referred hear about us and they want us to come look at it. He gave me the who to contact. Our team met with them the next week and we started 30 days later. <laughs> That's the way to do it. I mean, we don't think of any of people as salespeople. They're all certain people. We have wait lists. I mean, obviously people come out, reach to us, to us, because then you have people that you're attracting the right people and you're not reaching exactly. out. Exactly. Exactly. All right. All right. I want to finish with the final rapid two here. All right. <laughs> Many people from the outside, Mary, would think what you're doing is a little crazy. And I'm sure you've heard it. I hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask a question that's a little uh, wild here. What does going bananas mean to you? <laughs> oh, going bananas is something that I did when I stopped caring about just bottom line and making more money. It's when I stopped selling and started caring. A lot of people thought I went bananas and start really taking care of people because not everybody gets it, but it makes such a difference. Oh, I love it. I love it. Final one here. What makes someone unforgettable? When you see the impact they make, when their number one thing is not just about see how great I am, but you see them and you hear about all the work they've done to help others. The minute they inworded about how great I am and I should do this because it, I'm gone, I'm lost. That's why I can never be in politics. <laughs> you have to sell yourself too much. Yeah, I, I would I would get divorced <laughs> if I got into politics. I'd be out of that. So I'm right there with you. But uh, <laughs> Barry, this was outstanding. This was an unforgettable episode. I would call this an all-time episode because of uh -huh. the lessons here. And I know, um, I hope that everyone listening can come back and say, you know what? There's no reason we're not doing this. Why aren't we doing it? Let's start asking more questions, different questions, better questions, and push the envelope because it's the right thing to do. We have time to do totally this. Is. You proved it. You've created an amazing business, amazing impact. You've impacted us. So Mary, thank you so, so much. Thank you. Stay outrageously curious. And feel free to email me, mary.miller at jancoa.com. All right. We'll put that in the show notes. Also, your book, too. We'll put everything else. Oh, up. yes. Yes. Changing directions. And make sure you put changing directions. Yes. Thank uh -huh. you. Make that happen. Mary, thank you. Thank you so much, Jesse. Thank you for listening to Business Done Differently, where we believe that challenging the status quo, creating fans first, and changing the game is the best way to grow your business. For more information about the guest and topics covered in this episode, visit findyouryellowtux.com or shoot me a note at jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.